You are listening to the Inside Out Podcast. Brent Kimball and Michael Anderson discuss all things living the gospel with those inside of the family of God and bringing the gospel to those outside of the family of God. Let's live Inside Out. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 83 of the Inside Out Podcast. It is officially Easter week. Things are in full swing and man are we looking forward to Sunday. The preparations are taking place throughout the facility. Brent, how are you doing with sermon prep and, and, and getting ready for this Sunday? Always a big Sunday. Mm-hmm. Things going well? Yeah, it, yeah, things are going well and it is a big week. And, but I'm, I'm grateful it doesn't feel overly taxing. Sometimes heading into a weekend like this, it just feels overwhelming. Not overwhelming, but just like more than you want. To almost to where you're not able to appreciate what's taking what's actually taking place mm-hmm. and celebrate the the time and so I feel like as you know um, we're going to be at a conference next week mm-hmm. and so I had to I, I had had Jordan preach this last Sunday and so I took the time uh, that week to prepare for next week I know that's a little bit confusing. But you follow mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we're going to be gone all week and then ha- like you still got to get ready for Sunday. So I've actually prepared my sermon this week for this Sunday and I prepared my sermon for next week last week okay. so that I'm ready for these next two Sundays, which are both uh, out of Matthew 28. And, um, and so I'm feeling, one, very, very grateful I, I have found this to be these last several weeks for me e- very emotional on several levels. One, and most importantly, I just f- I found myself um, very grateful and in awe as to what Jesus has, what He willingly put Himself through for me. Yeah. And, um, and so I, that's just, it's just been, it's been a very emotional, emotional on another level, a lesser level, but emotional on another level in that we are, we're finishing up Matthew's gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll give some stats, um, on Sunday, the 24th, as we wrap that up. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that now, but just the reality of, of such a, significant commitment yeah for us um even today having having put the final touches on my sermon for this sunday and having next sunday's already done i was i closed up uh, my commentaries took out my little sticky notes that i had all over in them Mm. and then brought them to the office they have not been in my office since the fall of 2019 they have been with me in my home study wow uh, for all that time. And they've been asking, like, when are we going home? And I said, well, you're going home when we're done with Matthew, friends. You've been they are my friends. too long if your books are talking. What's that? Yeah, I've been at it too long if my books are talking to me. My books do talk to me. They are my friends. And uh, But it was just kind of like this moment, like, okay, I'm going to close this up. And, um, and, that's, and that's that, right? It is, it is pretty amazing. It just the... the 
the when compared to the book of Acts, we went through the book of Acts, same amount of chapters, yeah. but I believe, and you can correct me in this, there's a, about half as many sermons? About half. 48 in Acts, 84 in Matthew. Yeah, so there's just a, it's, it was a different different animal for sure in some, in some regards to its, its... Well, the book of Acts is almost, I mean, we've got a couple of... Um, it, there, it does contain some sermon material, mm-hmm. a couple from the Apostle Peter, one what we would consider from Stephen, Acts 7, um, a couple from the Apostle Paul. But by and large, it's a narrative text, which when you're preaching the, a narrative text, you're typically preaching a much larger portion of verses versus yeah. a, a didactic text where it's it's direct teaching. You you typically take lesser. Uh, and, and, and so, yeah, and, and Matthew's kind of rhythm was tell the story, then give Jesus teachings, tell the story, give Jesus teachings. And that was kind of a, he did that five different rhythms or five different mm-hmm. courses in that, in that way. So yeah, way longer. Um, but it's like, I look at it now and I'm like, how would you go faster? How would you shorten that up? I don't think you would want to. I wouldn't want to. There's just too much. In fact, there's been many times when I wish we could stay there a little bit longer and yeah. really handle it. I was thinking about if we were to take our, if, because I always, I always build out at least two documents. One would be my, my study notes document, and the other would be my sermon manuscript document. Sometimes I'll do a mechanical outline and different things as well, but, um, but if we were to take just those documents and compile all the pages, um, would be around 1500 page uh, pages yeah right so if you were to turn that into the to a book it's probably it would probably be a thousand page book can you imagine yeah. a thousand page book but that's what it would end up with all of those the, all of those sermons but yeah, yeah. so it's been uh, it's good so all of that to say uh, it's it's a good week it's feeling I'm feeling excited about Easter Sunday for sure. Um, and, and a little bit, kind of a little bit emotional, but glad that I can appreciate the moment and not just feel weighed down with a million things to do. Yeah. 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 That's definitely, definitely a great part about Easter with City Point Church. And in many ways, we celebrate Easter every single year. Um, and this year it feels, I don't, I don't want to say more, uh, more special because that's certainly not the case, but just the fact that we've been working toward this moment since December of 2019 in many ways, that we get to mm-hmm. come across this text, Matthew 28, 1 through 15, on this Sunday yeah. is a pretty special thing for us as a church. Um, but because it's Easter week and we've gone through, like you said, there's there's been some, some heavy sermons that have been delivered uh, to us as a church these past couple weeks and mm-hmm. just the content. And Matthew 27 and 28 are obviously uh, important uh, chapters of scripture. So given that this is Easter week, wouldn't it be great to kind of comb back through 27, uh, the 27th chapter of Matthew and just kind of point out some things that, that we've seen that were interesting that maybe didn't get to be brought up in a sermon or uh, things that just kind of make you think or reflect on the death, even the resurrection of Christ as it's Easter week. What yeah. do you got? Uh, well, I mean, I could think through, I just have my Bible open here as well, and looking at Matthew 27, as we started that 
chapter, I don't remember how many weeks we were in 27, four weeks, I think. Um, but as we started that, of course, we've got the chief priests and the elders taking counsel together about how they're going to put Jesus to death. And that's in the next section is Judas um, ultimately ends up hanging himself. And I think for me, as I reflect on that, I was talking in that, that message was how Jesus was getting, he's taking steps closer to the cross. Mm-hmm. He's getting his steps in. Remember, if we, t- we talked about that, movement is medicine. Yeah. And, uh, but, but Judas, of course, his steps were, um, were different than that, unfortunately, because he, um, it, it's just really interesting to me that he, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, the, the text says he changed his mind, mm-hmm. that, he was, that he was sorry for having set Jesus up the way he did, betrayed him. Yeah. And, he, and he, he was sorrowful, he changed his mind. Remember, he brought the money back, the 30 pieces of silver that, that the chief priests and the elders had given to him. He confessed that he had sinned. Mm. So he's sorry, he's, he's returning the money, he's confessing, and, um, and it's like, it's just really interesting to me that he missed the main step. And it's, of course, you know, we could argue theologically, Jesus called him the son of perdition, mm-hmm. that he was going, the Apostle Peter in Acts 1 says he went to where he belonged. Youch, yeah. right? Yeah. So... So, I don't know. It's I don't want to get too deep into the. It gets a little thick in there when you start thinking through that. But just the reality that you can be sorry for what you've done that's wrong, mm-hmm. and you could actually try to make restitution for that, and you could confess that what you did was wrong. But if you don't turn to Jesus, if you don't rely upon Jesus then forgiveness is not granted from God and guilt remains. And yeah. for Judas, the guilt was overwhelming and he went out and hanged himself. Right. Um, which is a, a sad tale, right? This was somebody that Jesus had called and had invested in and he, he ruined his life by his greed and poor choices mm-hmm. right terrible terrible story but um yeah so that's kind of that's just an intrigue to me that that yeah that that went like that for judas yeah we were trying to we went through last night as a family john 13 when mm. you know, jesus reveals the one who's going to betray him and just trying to give our young children a sense of the betrayal that took place there and in trying to explain it, but then doing that, then also putting the emphasis on Jesus. Like this story yeah. is not about, ultimately not about Judas. It's ultimately yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. And the fact that the worst act that, I mean, besides the, the crucifixion itself, you could call it the worst act that has ever been committed, the betrayal of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to realize that there is, there could have been forgiveness for that too. Is that a is that a sound s- statement there? 
Yeah, yeah, that's where I think it gets thick. Yes, I think generally speaking, we could say that, but given the decree of God mm-hmm. the, and, and his sovereignty in that way, Judas, Judas went where he belonged. Mm-hmm. That's a sad way to say that, but that's what the Apostle Peter says, right? right? So, so that's a tough one. Yeah. Right. Nonetheless, you're right to tell your children this story is not ultimately about Judas, though we can, though we can learn things there and heed things there, and and um, uh, but mostly it's a it's it's we're it's leading us to the cross. Right. Jesus is, he set his face like a flint, to get to the cross, for us. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then kind of. You went through, and we've talked on this podcast about Jesus and Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else in that specific portion of twenty-seven that you'd like to? Well, to I point could. Out? I mean, yeah. The part of me is like, <laughs> yeah, let's revisit the whole sermon because I would like to give my life to Jesus all over again. <laughs> no kidding. Um, just because it's so great. But I, what I liked, and I, I, I tried to point this out many times throughout this series. And it was very apparent in this section is just how intelligent Matthew's writing is. Um, we, we, you know, when sometimes I think for some people they they look or they think about the inspiration that the Spirit of God is giving to an author to one of the biblical authors, and they think that they're in some sort of a trance, and God Himself is even moving their pen, mm-hmm. and they're not even like aware. But that's not really the case. We. We know like Luke tells us that he did everything he could to compile the story, all of the details about Jesus before he wrote it. So there was this process, the studious process that he went through. And in the course of that, he was being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But Matthew, I mean, Matthew's an intelligent guy. He is is smart and he's good with a pen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I see things like we saw the irony that we saw in this section, it's like that can't be missed. And actually, it's throughout this whole latter section. I just didn't feel like I, I thought it would be maybe redundant to point out every single instance. <laughs> so this one sermon was was all pointing out. I mean, it was all irony. But in fact, it's it, it's more so than just right there. I just didn't point it out every time. Even, even there's one section. I don't. I don't want to get into Matthew 28 because that's still the next two Sundays. Mm-hmm. But there's one section in Matthew 28 that points back to Matthew 27, where if you remember, the chief priests they go to Pilate. The Jewish leaders go to Pilate and they say, "Hey, you need to set a guard over the tomb because in case those in case those disciples come." And uh, try to steal his body, and then that the that you know um, quote false story of his resurrection would be um, then spread abroad, and, and that would be like a phony baloney yeah. thing. And then the irony of it is, when Jesus' body ends up missing, not because somebody stole it, but because he was resurrected, they don't they double down, right? Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, even th- it's like they don't even think. Oh well, he he's the Christ, the Son of God. We bet we made a major mistake. They they go um, if they they make up a story, and what story do they make up? It's the exact story that they were trying to prevent, which then just 
gives more validity to the reality of the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from right. the dead, right? They, by them saying, guard this tomb, Pilate, guard this tomb, set a guard, make sure this is secure. By them doing that out of fear of somebody stealing the body, they, they secured a stronger evidence for the resurrection of Christ, mm-hmm. right? It's like there's more <laughs> irony there. You're like, they don't even know. So yeah, that was a, I felt like that was a great, um, a great moment for um, the Lord's story as well. Yeah. Yeah, I keep, I mean, that's one of those sermons where I just go, the, the sermon with with Jesus and Barabbas, and even that podcast episode, it won't be the last time that I listen through that because it's, it's it, the people chose, <laughs> the people chose their Messiah in that moment. This yeah. is who they wanted Jesus, the Christ, to be. Mm-hmm. And I just, I go, doesn't that reveal so much about my nature as as a human is that given the choice, I will choose a God made in my image whenever possible. Yeah. And that's why we that's why we preach through the gospel and preach it to ourselves on a regular basis because we have to be reminded yeah. of these things. It's really easy to slip back into that. Yeah. There was another intrigue for me in this Matthew 27 early on where when Jesus was um, before Pilate, He'd already been through the the phony trial, the faux trial with the chief priests, with the Sanhedrin. So when they're accusing him before Pilate, I, and I, I had mentioned that he affirmed his identity, but he didn't. But he maintained his integrity. That was really I, until I studied that out. I didn't. I didn't get that. Like, why didn't Jesus give an answer? And. Um, and after you study it out, you're like, well, because he already did, mm. right? He'd already he'd already uh, given an answer to that. He'd already proven that. Yeah. Um, and he was and he was just not going to be harangued by these um, by these leaders that were really so evil in their intent. He yeah. maintains. He, he he said, yeah, you've said that I am. You've yeah. said so. I I am the Christ, the Son of God. I am the King of the Jews. Um, but he wasn't, he didn't give himself uh, to the back and forth accusations and all of the, I mean, that what they were saying was blatantly false. Uh, there, there was public record of what Jesus had said. All of that could be proved. So he simply didn't answer the fools according to their folly. Yeah. Yeah. That was intriguing to me. Yeah. One of the things that, that caught my attention and it really, when I was sitting under Jordan's preaching this past Sunday in his his sermon, talking about the divine fireworks that went off after Jesus' death, yeah, um, it brought me back to verse 45 in Matthew 27 about the darkness that came over mm-hmm. the land as as Jesus like was was dying and then died. And, I, and that's something that for those of us who've read through the passage, and, and even me, we just go, yep, that's the thing that happened <laughs> until you go... There was darkness. I think at back noon. to yeah, at in twenty seventeen. You remember the the eclipse that took place mm. that summer? It had some. It cast some weird shadows, and that was about it. You know that cosmic, crazy, awesome event. Mm-hmm. This is darkness. I mean, if there were three hours of darkness in our world today, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about it for years. It would be breaking news. It would be breaking news. Yeah, you, it's almost like you couldn't go back to you know, your regular program, you'd have to, 
You have to check that out. You have to check that out for yeah. sure. So I like that. Those divine fireworks that were taking place in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could probably go on and on um, with regard to what we've seen, what we've experienced in these in these um, these passages. But just what what our what our Lord has done for us when you study it out in detail and take time to think and to pray. Um, you know that one message that I toward the end of Matthew twenty seven that I titled "Not a Victim," just to remember that. Yeah, these things happen, but Jesus let those things happen mm -hmm. to him. They were crimes committed against him, but he let them happen because that was the only way. Uh, if there was another way, the cup would have passed from him. The father would have seen to it mm -hmm. that that cup of suffering would pass from him, but there was no other way. So he let himself be shamed and disgraced and tortured and crucified and, and murdered because that was the only way in which we would be able to be justified. That was the only way for God to maintain his justice and for us to be justified. Mm -hmm. It's that vicarious death. Remarkable. And, uh, and it's good for us to remember that a couple of weeks ago. And it's most certainly good for us to remember that on um, this Easter week. Powerful. We are certainly looking forward to gathering together this Easter. We're preaching this passage, Matthew 28, 1 through 15, also celebrating with folks who are being baptized in water. It's going to be a great week together. So let me ask you this question. How can I prepare for this Sunday? Mm. Yeah, well, um, I would say that you want to go into this Sunday with a sense of anticipation you are going to gather together with the people of God. Mm -hmm. And um, there'll, be, there'll be likely on Easter, there'll be a lot of people here, so that'll be great. You know, there'll be a, a, just a, a celebratory atmosphere with um, some, some special treats and just like celebrating life in Christ and song and, mm -hmm. and uh, the sermon and all of that. Take time this weekend to reflect. Take time to, um, to give... Uh, prayers of gratitude to God, to give thanks to God for uh, what he has done. And, um, and, then, and then be eager Sunday morning to, uh, to get together with the people of God, because I think it's just going to be a, a, it's going to be a beautiful day.